This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. In just a few hours, over 100 million people uh, will be watching the Super Bowl. Is that not amazing? Uh, it's the most watched event uh, on TV every year. I mean, nothing else even comes close, close to it. Um, the cheapest seats are, are selling somewhere between $2,500 to $3,000 a piece. The 30-second commercials that you'll see today will cost the advertiser about $5 million. Wow, 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 wow. Um, there's going to be a whole lot of food consumed today as uh, Americans watch the game. Uh, what's interesting, they say, catch this, 1.3 billion, billion with a capital B, chicken wings will be eaten today. Man, that's a whole lot of sacrifices going on to feed the football fans. Uh, they tell us that 12 million slices of pizza will be eaten. 28 million pounds of chips will be devoured. 8.2 million pounds of guacamole will be eaten. And uh, 325 million gallons of beer will be drank. Um, now, here's what I want you to think about. At some point in the game today, there'll be a pass, there'll be a catch, there'll be a, a fumble, a run, an interception, a call, a penalty. There's going to be something significant that's going to happen in that game that will change the outcome of that game, and it'll be at that moment that the commentators will say something like this, They'll say, now that is a game changer. It's a game changer. Uh, today we're kicking off a new series for the whole month of February, and the uh, whole month of February here, a series entitled Game Changers. We're going to be talking about truths that transform your Life. I'm so excited about this because all month long, we're going to talk about things that can turn your life from an ordinary life to an extraordinary or extraordinary life. Uh, a game changer defined as just simply, we'll use this definition for, for the series, uh, are those moments in our lives that redefine an outcome. Those moments in our life that redefine an outcome. Uh, a game changer is something that really changes everything. How many of you know if you won the lotto today, <laughs> that'd be a game changer, right? Uh, a, new, a new relationship, that, that could be a game changer. Uh, your wife putting all your belongings out on the sidewalk today, <laughs> hey, come on, that could be a game changer. Uh, think about the last 150 years um, in our nation alone. I mean, electricity, game changer. Uh, the light bulb is a game changer. Uh, indoor plumbing, is anybody thankful for some indoor? So that's a, that's a game changer. Automobiles, airplanes, the phone. Uh, now, most of you don't, are not young enough to realize, but phones used to be attached to the walls. 
But then we had a game changer, and we got the smartphones that made us smarter. Hmm. Computers, game changers, the internet. Wow, what a game changer that has been. Uh, In the medical field, so many things that have been game changers. Uh, Laser optic technology, people could see that couldn't see. Uh, Credit cards, wow. (laughs) Spend somebody else's money for a while. That's been a game changer, right? All the debt. Uh, Birth control pills. Whoa, 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 wow. Think about how big your family would be. Game changer. Uh, uh, Makeup. Thank God for makeup. (laughs) I wouldn't even recognize my wife without makeup. Thank God for... Oh, really? Going to go there today. One of those kinds of crowds today. That's okay. I can do this all by myself. Amen, myself. Today, I want to talk about game changers in our lives. Um, let's look at the Second Chronicles uh, 16.9. I'm going to show you a game changer we're going to talk about today. It says, the eyes of the Lord go around looking in all the earth for people who are, here it is, faithful to him so that he can make them strong. The Living Translation says it, so that he can show his great power in helping them. Let me go back to the English version here and read it one more time because I want to make sure you catch it. This is the game changer that we're going to talk about today. The eyes of the Lord go around looking in all the earth for people who are faithful to him. Catch this. God is on the search. He's on the search to show his great power to those who are faithful. I would like to submit to you that faithfulness to God is a game changer. Now, I know, we're not shouting here in Clovis. I can't even hear you in Madeira. Uh, Probably not Fresno either. I I know some of us would rather hear hear our wife snore at night, all night long, than to hear a message on faithfulness. But uh, listen today, because faithfulness is what God is on the hunt for. And, And the Bible says when he finds faithfulness... He begins to help them with his great power. I'm just here today to tell somebody that that faithfulness could be the very thing that makes the biggest difference in your life. So today, let's talk about faithfulness. Did you know that faithfulness accesses God's favor? Hello, favor. Remember, in 2018, got our wristbands on. Come on. We're, we're growing. We're believing, expecting that this is the year that we're going to grow in favor. And there's a connection between our faithfulness and the favor of God in our lives. And, and Proverbs 3, verse 3 through 4, it says, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Notice, then you will win Favor. It's funny how we want the favor, but in order to get the favor, we got to do this game changer called faithfulness. Then you'll win favor and a good name in the sight of, here, here it is, God and 
man, because we understand we've taught this already this year that, that favor comes from God, but always through people. So you don't need just favor with God. You've got to have favor with people. When God's going to take you to another level, he's going to do it through a relationship. And, and it's faithfulness that connects me to that kind of favor. In Psalms 101, verse 6, just in case you think I'm just isolating one verse, here it is again. God says, my eyes shall look with favor upon the faithful of the land. Proverbs 28, 20, the faithful man will prosper with blessings. How many of you would like to prosper with God's blessings in your life? Would that not be a game changer in your life to prosper with God's blessings in your life? And notice how it's faithfulness that connects us to that kind of favor. Well, what does faithfulness mean? Let's define that. Faithfulness simply means dependability regardless of circumstances. Dependability regardless of circumstances. To be faithful means that you just have unwavering determination. To be faithful means that you're consistent and constant and relentless. To be faithful means that you're devoted and you're committed and you're dependable. To be faithful means that you are still doing it. You're just still doing it. Now, when the Bible talks about faithfulness, it's talking about being faithful to God's lordship in your life, having that unrelenting devotion to God's ways in your life. Now, now I want to make sure we're not confused here because faithfulness is not about perfection. You're made perfect by the blood of Jesus. You've been made righteous because of the sacrifice uh, of Jesus Christ. When he died upon that cross and when you surrender your life to Jesus and put your trust in Jesus, he makes you perfect. He justifies you. He makes you righteous. So when we talk about faithfulness, we're not talking about, we're not talking about perfection. We're just talking about commitment. And, and, and so we fail and so we fall. But, but if I'm faithful, it means I get back up and I get back in the game. So... When it comes to faithfulness to God, um, how, how are you doing? Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how, how would you rate yourself? As a Christ follower, are you being faithful to God? Again, again, not perfect, but are you committed? Are, are, are you committed to live out God's ways in your life? Are you devoted to do what God's Word instructs you to do? Uh, did you know that according to the Bible, that faithfulness is kind of a, a rare thing? It's kind of a difficult thing for God to find. Uh, the pro, pro, in Proverbs 26, Solomon said it this way, but who can find a faithful man? He's saying like, it's like, have you looked around? There's just, there's just, I, I can't, I can't find one. In, in, in Proverbs 26, in the Good News Translation, it says, everyone talks about how loyal and faithful he is. Oh, aren't we good at that? Oh, I'm faithful. I'm, I'm committed. Yeah, I'm the, the writer says, the Bible says that we all do that, but notice what it says, but just try to find someone who really is. Just try to find someone who we all, we all think we are, we all act like we are, but just try to find one, the Bible says, who's really doing it, 
the Bible says that faithfulness is a rare thing. In other words, people aren't just lining up to do it. (laughs) And yet, it's better than winning the lotto. It's a game changer that can change your life. It's a moment that can take you from ordinary to extraordinary. Just simply, simply through faithfulness. Uh, David knew that faithfulness was a rare thing. Notice what he says. In fact, he prayed. Psalms 12, 1, he says, Help, O Lord, for the godly, the godly are fast disappearing. The faithful have vanished from the earth. So, so again, when it comes to faithfulness to God, how are you doing? Um, are you one of those rare ones that has caught the eyes of God or, or could you do better? I'll be the first one to confess, since church is a great place to confess. I'll be the first one to t- say that when it comes to my own faithfulness, even as your pastor, uh, to be honest with you, I, I could do better. There's, there's some room for growth in this. As I was preparing this, as I was praying and seeking the heart of God, what I should bring to, to, to this weekend services. Um, I'm really preaching to myself today because I need a game changer in my life. We need a game changer in our lives. You know, this is the sobering part of the message. If, if you'll just bear with me and look straight ahead and put your seatbelt on, well, nobody will think we're talking about you today. But if you look at the condition of the modern-day church, it desperately needs a makeover, an overhaul in faithfulness. When it comes to the things of God's Word, um, uh, the things that God asks us to do, I'm, I'm not so sure that we are getting a passing, a passing grade. Now, 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 we're not talking about you. We're just talking about the person probably sitting by you. Uh, but the truth is, I'm not so sure that, that, that when it comes to the church, we're loving like the Bible says we're supposed to be loving, that we're forgiving like we're supposed to be forgiving. I'm not so sure that we are caring like we're supposed to be caring, and I'm not so sure we're helping like we're supposed to be helping, and I know we're not winning souls like we should be winning souls, Uh, probably not praying like we should be praying. Uh, We're probably not reading and hearing God's Word like we should be hearing. Most people in the church, the, the reality is they, they approach God's Word like it's, a, it's, kind of a, it's kind of an option. You know, I'll, I'll take the steak, but forget the spinach. Uh, and, and they treat the, the Word of God like it's the same thing. So, so when it comes to church, you know, I'll be there. I'll, I'll come, you know, if I'm not busy. If I feel like it. Now, here's the good thing. You're here. So we're just talking about all the people that didn't come today. Uh, but, but, but that's kind of the attitude. I mean, the, the, the truth is, is that it, the national average in the American church is that people attend, the people that say they're, they're, they're faithful to church, they only attend twice a month. Wow. That's not Bible. You know, the Bible says every week you're to be faithful to church. 
Now, we understand we're in a legalistic, so you need a vacation, you need to get out of here, but you should never wake up on a week and say, now, now, do I go to church or do I not go to church? In fact, church should be the very first thing you ink on your calendar all month long. In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews, in Hebrews, don't neglect church attending. And he says, especially as the day approaches of the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I get the dirty work of having to tell you that. The Bible puts, puts me into a place that says, you have to tell that. I have to stand before God one day and make sure that I told you what I'm just telling you. How, how many of you like, would like my job? It's a real popular job. But yet the Bible tells me, hey, you need to be really consistent in church attending. Not that you need a vacation. But some, looks of, some of you, you need a vacation next week. But to just, just to, to, to just throw church out like, you know, if I feel like, if, if, it's, if it's convenient, if we're not going to a soccer game, hello, we'll, we'll be there. I know I was going to quiet the church today. Um, we give our resources, you know, if, if we have anything left over. The, the national uh, statistic is that uh, we're almost through. Hang on. The national statistics is there's only 5% of the church-going people in our nation tithe. Only 5%. Think of what the church really could do in the nation if everybody got behind the cause. You know, that doesn't happen in the world. The, the people that are trying to save the spotted owl, they all put their money in on the spotted owl. The people that are trying to save our, 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 our uh, you know, our, 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 the, the world, the earth, you know, with the weather trends, they put their money in. It's the only, it's only the church that, 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 that says, yeah, I believe in the cause, but they won't get behind the cause. Only, only five, even in our church, this, this is alarming to you, but just give you perspective because we're not doing much better than the national average. Did you know that if just 50% of our households, the, the people that come to Celebration, that call Celebration their home, if, if just 50% of them would tithe, we would have another $11 million a year to be able to advance the kingdom of God. And here we are just barely making it, just barely getting by. What, what could that look like if we get, they, they say we spend more on our pets than we do the cause of Christ in the earth. How are we doing when it comes to this area of faithfulness? We, we serve and we'll get involved, you know. In church community and the mission, you know, the groups, the, the, you know, if, if, it's, if it's convenient. So, so many people live their lives like, like the Bible's a book of suggestions instead of God's truth for living. This is God's manual for successful living, and we need to get committed and devoted and faithful to it. Well, why do I bring all that up? Because if you read about the early church in the book of Acts, the birth of the church, it, it talks about their effectiveness and how they actually turned their world upside down with the cause of Christ in those early days. It was said of them in, in Acts chapter 2 that they were faithfully devoted to the mission of the church. They were faithful to God's word. They were faithful to prayer and worship. They were, they were faithful to serve others. They were faithful to community and mission. They were faithful with their resources. The Bible says they even went beyond the tithe. They just gave it all. And the Bible says there was no lack, not any, in the church. 
Three people clapping about. I told you to rather hear your wife snore all night long than to hear a message on faithfulness. And because of the early church's devotion, because of their faithfulness, we see God doing powerful things in their lives. Signs, wonders, and miracles, the things we so desire to see. Why is faithfulness so important? Because without faithfulness, the church is powerless and the church is hopeless. Without faithfulness, your life is missing out on God's powerful help. Hear me today at all of our campuses. Faithfulness is a game changer that so many of us are overlooking. Wow. You know, there's a story in the Bible in Joshua chapter 6. Here's Joshua. He's leading. God is using him to lead uh, some million and a half, two million people into the promised land. This is after Moses has died, and the very first city that they come up against is, is, is Jericho. Many of us know the story, and, and so they're facing these walls that, that are 20 feet high and 15 feet wide, and they don't know how they're going to get through them, so Joshua begins to pray to God, and, and God tells Joshua to, to tell the people, here's how you're going to defeat your enemy. Here's how the walls are going to come down in your life. You're, you're going to... You're going to march around the walls of this city, and you're going to do that for seven days in a row. And, and, oh, by the way, Joshua, tell the people, some two million people, that that I don't want to hear a word out of them. I want them to just shut up, and I want them to march. So so the the first day, they, they start marching. Can you imagine around the city with these giant walls, and they march, and they end up getting done on that first day, and guess what happens? Nothing happens. Day one goes by, nothing happens. Day two goes by, nothing happens. Day three goes by, nothing happens. Now you know why God says shut up. Because how many of you know if you're on day three and no walls have come down, you're saying, okay, God, this is a really crazy plan. God, do you realize how hot it is out here? God, I'm uncomfortable. This doesn't make sense. How could I give 10% of my income and be blessed by you? This, God, this, this, this walking, this marching, just doesn't make sense. But they couldn't talk. God said, don't talk. Just keep marching. So, so day four and nothing happens. Day five and nothing happens. Day six, nothing happens. They're just marching. They're just committed. They're just faithful. Day seven comes and God says, okay, here's what I want you to do on day seven. I don't want you to just go around once, but I want you to go around seven times and don't say a thing. And they did that. It went around once and went around twice. We all, we all know the story, right? Seen the movie, Sunday school, something, right? Seven times around the city, and guess what happens? The Bible says, God says, on that last time, I want you to give a shout. I want you to blow the trumpets. And when they did that on the seventh lap around on that seventh day, the Bible says they shouted unto God, and they blew trumpets, and the Bible says those great walls came tumbling down. The Bible says they were able to go into the city, defeat their enemy, and overcome and move on into a place that God had for them. Now, here's the question I want to ask. Why would God have them march all those days? 
Why would he have him do it day after day? I mean, isn't God powerful? Could not God do the miracle the moment they faced the crisis? Absolutely. Then, then why would God have them do that for seven long days? Because it's called a test. God was testing them to see if they would trust him and to be faithful to do what he said to do. I have to agree with you. I'm a pastor. I preach the word of God. There's a lot of crazy stuff in the Bible. But I learned long time ago, I'm not here to debate the Bible. I'm here to obey the Bible. I, I, don't, I don't understand how forgiving you when you've hurt me will heal and bring blessings to my, my, my life. I don't understand how, how, how treating my wife right is going to improve my life. I don't understand how giving is going to cause, cause blessings to come into my, I don't, I don't understand all the, but, but I'm not here to debate it. I'm here to march. Just shut up and I'm, I'm here to just obey God because I'm here to tell you not everybody's going to get it today. Not everybody's going to like this message, but I'm here to tell you this could be the game changer that you're looking for in your life. Um, here's the point that I really want you to see. You see, it might look like it was the shout that brought the walls down. But the truth of the matter is, is that if they had not been faithful to obey, the walls would have never come down. Uh, A lot of us liked the shout, but for the shout to have power, it requires faithfulness. Are you here? It, it's not enough to shout. And I think, I think the church is good at shouting, but I'm here to tell you there's no power in our shout if we're not a faithful people to the ways. I'm not talking about perfect. I'm talking about we're committed. And we all make blunders, and we all fail, and we all mess up, and we could all do better, me the chief of it. I, I started this with telling you I could improve, I could do better, but here's the attitude we got to get back into the church. If we get down, if we fall down, if we mess up, if we're not consistent like we need to be, we just get back up and get committed again because faithfulness is a game, a game changer. It can take your life from ordinary to extraordinary the worship team to come back. I, I, I know there's probably people here today that, and we're not closing yet, but just in a moment, but, but you're, you're saying, you know, I'm a, I've been doing that, Pastor. I've been marching. I, I've kept my mouth closed and it just seems like I must be on lap seven of the seventh day. And some of you been, feel like you've been faithful and nothing is happening. And that's why you need to hear this today. I think God is sending me to tell somebody who feels like you've gotten back up and you're in the game and you refuse to quit. God God is just saying he's watching. Keep marching. Because the walls are going, the walls are going to come, come down. A game-changing moment, I declare to you, is coming in your life. Hear this preacher today, there's no wall too big, there's no enemy too strong that God's favor cannot change in your life. Um, I, I want to I close with this story. 
I don't have the time to really preach it, but it's really the, uh, it's the reason for this message today. In Acts chapter 1, I was reading not too long back, and God reminded me when he wanted me to talk on this subject matter. I was reading in Acts chapter 1 where, where Jesus has ascended to heaven, and the disciples and the, 12, or the 11 apostles are there in the upper room. And they're praying, and they're about seven days into the prayer meeting, and, and God instructs them that they need to find the replacement for Judas. He was one of the 12 disciples, one of the first original 12 apostles, and God says, I need you to replace him because we all know that Judas is the one that, that betrayed Christ, and, and Christ was then crucified, and because of the grief, Judas went out and hung himself, committed suicide. And so here's the, the 11 remaining apostles and all the other disciples. There are 120 of them in the upper room, and they're praying, and God brings it to their attention seven days in. You need to, uh, you need to fill that position. And, 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 and here's the requirements. Here's, here's, here's what you've got to fill it with. You've got to find somebody who has been with us from the beginning of the baptism of Jesus to the end or the resurrection of Jesus. You've you got to find somebody who has been there. Somebody say, been there. The, the moment Jesus started his ministry when he was baptized by John to the moment that he ascended and was resurrected to heaven, you need to find somebody, and that will be the somebody we will fill this, this position, the, 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 the 12th apostle. And so they go on the hunt, they, they begin to look around and out of all the disciples and all the people in all those years of Jesus' ministry, the Bible says they can only, you better hear this, they can only find two. They can only find two that met that requirement that had been there from the beginning to the end. And uh, you can see the story there in Acts chapter 1, verse 22. And the Bible says they found two men. One, one was the name by the name of uh, Justice, and the other was the name Matthias. Uh, they said, you know, either one of these guys will, will work. They, they've, both been, they've both been here since the beginning, which denotes they've been faithful. Either one will work, so they prayed. They, the Bible says they cast lots, threw the dice. I don't get that. Another message, another time. And they chose Matthias. Matthias was going to be the 12th apostle to fill the, the vacancy of Judas. Now, here's what's interesting. Matthias wasn't a preacher. He wasn't a singer. He didn't write any books in the Bible. In fact, this is the only place the Bible even talks about this guy. Um, he, uh, he, was just, he was just one of those guys that was there from the beginning to, to the end. He, he was just, he was just there. <laughs> he was just behind the scenes, serving, doing, giving, loving, helping, caring. He was just being faithful. Um, he was there when it was good. He was there when it was bad. He was there when Jesus was being praised and he was there when they were all being chased. He was there when it was comfortable. He was there when it was inconvenient. He was there when he felt like it, and he was there when he didn't feel like it. And here's what's amazing to me here at church, at all the campuses. 
The highest calling in the New Testament is apostleship. And, 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 and all this guy does to get it, all this guy does to get it is, is he was there. He didn't he did preach. He didn't sing. He was just there. Somebody say there. See, see I'm going to help you. Come on, we're going to go out of this place with a shout. We're going to go home encouraged. We're going to say, I can do that thing. So, so what does that mean? Every miracle that Jesus did, he was there. Every teaching that Jesus taught, he was there. Every message he preached, he was there. He was just an eyewitness to everything that Jesus did. And so if somebody came around saying, oh, I don't really believe that Jesus multiplied the, the fish and the, the bread. Oh, Matthias would raise his hand and say, ah, ah sorry. I, I, was, I was there. I was there. And if somebody else said, well, you know, I don't really believe that blind Bartimaeus uh, received his sight. I, I, yeah, he's blind. I don't believe he was healed and got his eyes back. Uh, here's, here's Matthias. Uh, sorry. Sorry. I, I, was, I was there. Really? Come on. Jesus turned the, 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 the water into wine? Uh, excuse me. Excuse me. I, I was... I was there. In fact, I even had a glass. It was really, I was there. I was, I was there. Bunch of religious people here. Come on, I'm preaching better than your shout today. Come on. You don't really think that Jesus paid his tax money with, with money out of a fish's mouth. Excuse me. I went fishing with, I was there when it all went down. It happened. Really? You really think this woman who had a bleeding issue was healed? Yeah, I was there. I seen her crawling to the master when she touched the hem of his God. I was there. Yeah, but Lazarus, he was, he was four days dead. <laughs> Come on, let's get real. Do you really think he was raised from the dead? And there's, there's Matthias raising his hand. <laughs> hey, yeah, he stunk, but, but, but he was raised back to, from the dead. I was there. Somebody shout, I was there. And here's what you need to hear. I'm almost done. The Bible says that God has prepared a place for us as believers. That when we breathe our last breath here on earth, that, that we're heaven bound to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord in heaven. That There's a place that God has prepared that we will li- live. The Bible says that place, there'll be no more weeping. Hello, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more sickness, no more disease. The Bible says we will experience unspeakable joy for, for eternity. And what's crazy is, is that in the place that God's preparing The Bible says, now catch this, there's 12 foundational stones of honor in that place, that city that God is preparing. 12 foundational stones of honor. And the Bible says on each of those 12 stones are the names of the original apostles. Can can you see it? Can you see the angels' hard hats on? 
they're, they're engraving the, the, the apostles into the stone, the foundational stones of honor in heaven. And they're engraving Peter and they've got James and then they got John and, and they got Matthew and Andrew and, and Philip. And then they come to that 12th stone and they say, oh God, God, who, who do we put on this stone? And God says, that's, that's Matthias's stone. I want you to engrave Matthias on that foundational stone in heaven because he'll be numbered among the apostles because he was there. And and God rewards him for all of eternity. He rewards him for all of eternity. Now listen to me closely, please. Hear this today. I know you'd much rather hear about how God wants to bless you and heal you and deliver you, but this is how we get there. Can, can I tell you today as I close that God is preparing a place for you um, and that faithfulness not only matters here on earth, uh, you're not only rewarded here on earth with God's favor in your life, but faithfulness will also be rewarded in heaven. That when you breathe your last breath, that, that God, well, well, let me read it to you. It says, Revelations 2.10, be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. Jesus is actually saying this to one of the churches in Asia Minor. He's speaking it to the church, the modern day church, and he says, be faithful to the end and I'll give you the crown of life. A lot, of, a lot of church-going people don't understand this or know anything about this, but as a Christ follower, when you get to heaven, there are rewards that God will give out. Now, now, you get to heaven because you put your trust in Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus that makes you perfect. But, but, once, but once you've been redeemed and once you've been saved, the Bible says what you do here on earth, the work for the kingdom of God here on earth, what you do for Jesus here on earth, will literally be rewarded in heaven. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. And we will all stand before God and give account, not to get into heaven because we're already in heaven, but we'll give account for what we did with our moments and our time and our days and our weekends. We'll give account. And God says he will reward those who use their time to build his kingdom here on the earth. Hallelujah. And uh, one of the crowns he's going to give out, there's five different crowns, and it's just five different kinds of rewards. One of the rewards or crowns that he talks about is the crown of life. It's specified here. It's just a type of reward. When you get to heaven and you've been faithful here on earth, not only did faithfulness help you in your, your life here, but, but all of a sudden he gives a crown there in heaven, and it's a crown of recognition and notoriety. It's a reward of privilege and position in heaven. It's a big thing. I bring that up. Faithfulness is a big thing with God. So much so, he will reward those who have been faithful, not only here on earth to make your life better, but he will reward you with a reward, a crown of faithfulness. I'm just here to tell you, faithfulness really matters. It's a game changer here on earth 
as it is in heaven. One last thing. And it's not too late to get in the game. Come on, it's not too late. Come on, would you stand to your feet all over this building and there in Madeira, Fresno? Father, we thank you today. We receive your word. God, I know that, I know that it's probably, probably not the thing people are excited to hear, but God, it's the thing we need to hear. And today, God, we just, we, uh, we take inventory of our lives. And God, we know we can do better in this. And we thank you, God, that you have brought us to a place that, that maybe this is the one thing that could be the greatest thing, to be the game changer that makes our life so much better. God, help us not to resist. Help us not to resist your help. This simply comes by just being committed to who you are. I want to just ask you at this place here in Clovis, there in Fresno, Madeira, if you just continue to close your eyes, bow your heads. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You never surrendered your life. You need him to make you perfect today. You need him to make you righteous today. That simply comes by putting your trust in what Jesus Christ did upon that cross some 2,000 years ago. If that's you today and you want to know if you was to breathe your last breath here on earth, that you would spend eternity in the place called heaven that God has prepared for you. If that's you, would you just lift your hands here in Clovis? Anybody say, I just need to give my life to Jesus. Hands going up all over here in Clovis. I need to rededicate my life there in Madeira, there in Fresno. Hands going up. God sees those hands. You can put those hands down. Would you just pray this prayer? It's not just repeating a prayer, but it's praying it with all your guts. The Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be, shall be saved. Now listen, you've been quiet all day. Can you get loud now for me? I want you to pray this prayer. Everybody praying this prayer with everything you got within you. Say, Father God, today I surrender my life. I declare Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of all my sins. And from this day forward, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.